Welcome to F is for Film. Our guest today is Nicholas Dunleavy, and the film is The Orchard Girl. Nicholas, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Very intrigued by this film and all the things that are in it. It's going to be fun to unpack the many levels that you've, you've, you've put here. But let's start with a non-spoiler synopsis of the film. So non-spoiler synopsis is usually a fashion, a fashion photography crew heads to a remote ranch house for a shoot only to get terrorized by a pair of local ghouls or to get terrorized by a couple of locals or townies, <laughs> however you want to do it. So, yeah, I mean, that would be like the yeah the spoiler-free version of it, yes. That's spoiler-free. And, you know, I, I yeah. love that setup because, you know, what, you know, we love the idea of, you know, people in this sort of elitist fashion world being possibly handled a certain way by these interesting uh, guests that they take on. <laughs> very true, yeah. <laughs> yes, very true. How, where, where did this concept come from? So the quick kind of like backstory to kind of go through it was that, so Aaron, James, and I had done a previous short that was in Holly called Penny Sucker about a couple years before this one was. And we had, that was shot on location, much like this one. Like this one was shot on location in Ojai. The previous short that we did was shot on location in Joshua Tree. And we just had this, you know, we really enjoyed making the other one. Like we rented one Airbnb and stayed in another one and shot one of them and spent like a good, you know, chunk of time kind of out in the desert doing it. And it was just like a really fun kind of like communal process. And I remember... I don't know, maybe like six months after we had finished that, James had called me and was basically James, James Paxson, the other star of the, of the short. James had called me and was basically, you know, like, hey, I want to do another one. Or like, hey, like, let's, you know, try to figure out how we can do another one. And I, I was, you know, I was walking down the street where I live in Santa Monica at the time. And then I don't know what it was, because this also kind of plays into what you're asking about, like 70s references and kind of things like that, too. But so James said we just wanted to do a short. And I'm like, OK, good. And I was basically like, Ooh, like, what type do you want to do? You know, because Penny Sucker was very much like a kind of a really awkward coming of age, you know, type of you know type of story more about like a son reconnecting with his father over the death of his mother you know i mean it was a very kind of grounded you know real super character indie and you know for this one it was was like yeah james what do you want to do and all he said to me was like i want to do something creepy like yeah that was his like i want to do another short and i want to do something creepy and i'm like okay you know and then you know so i hang up and then I call Aaron, who co-directed and, and co-wrote it with me. And Aaron had directed Penny Sucker, and I had produced Penny Sucker. And so I called Aaron, and I was just like, so James called me. He wants to do a short, and he wants to do something creepy. <laughs> and then Aaron's response to me, and Aaron didn't give me that much either. And it was just like, he's like, maybe something Polanski. Like, that's all Aaron said to me. So, like, so James gives me creepy note, and then Aaron's like, maybe Polanski. And then I, I hang up with Aaron. And I'm like still walking to go run an errand or something. And I was just struck out of nowhere by the image, I think, of Catherine Deneuve from Repulsion or something. And I was just like, it was like Catherine in her like baby doll dress. And she's in like 90% of that movie in the apartment. And I just had this weird thing where it's like, I thought about James in that dress with a wig. And like from there, it just kind of extrapolated out. Or like that's where like the aesthetic came from. I was like, okay, if it's going to be James in a wig, in a dress, how 
as a storyteller, do I get away with doing that as a device? Like, how do I get away with doing that aesthetic? Right. And then it became like, and then it became like, oh, make it a fashion photography shoot. <laughs> you know, Perfect. I mean, it was anything, yeah, I mean, like, like, how does that exist without feeling like forced and weird? And it's like, no, no, it's like, and then we, you know, we blur gender lines and we do it as, as, as a photography shoot. And, you know, and then quickly being able to kind of build references and, and you know, kind of stuff that kind of got out, you know, from there. And once again, you know, without going into like super spoiler movies, I mean, I know you'd appreciate this, but going back to the experience that we had shooting the other short in Joshua Tree, when I was writing like the initial draft of it, like, yeah, I didn't want to get like too insider baseball about the actual like process of shoots and everything else though, because for me, it was more about just you know, how crews are kind of on location, you know, how they act and how they kind of, you know, act, you know, when they're kind of away, but they become, they become their own little universe. Exactly. I mean, it is like the own little universe thing. And I remembered like when we were in Joshua tree, it was like our own little universe. And, you know, on that show, there was a, there was a fellow named Richard and Richard had been my, my coordinator on another TV show had like assisted me you know, and a couple other things. And we was usually like go to, you know, kind of crew hire for me. And Richard was a, you know, production assistant that we had when we were doing Penny Sucker. And I remember one night we had gone, I think this was at Rap or close to when we were at We had gone on like, you know, the classic like crew beer run, you know, you know, the kind of at Rap to kind of, you know, go get some, you know, stuff for everybody. And he had started chatting up, like, you know, if you've been to Joshua Tree, there's like two liquor stores in the, you know, I mean, you know, like along the highway and like there's not much out there. And so we were in town and there's some pretty, you know, interesting characters. I mean, locals, you know, from one that's not like usually a tourist company, but he had started chatting up like a couple guys in the liquor store and like, hey, yeah, we're out here in the desert, like doing a movie and doing all this other stuff. And I remember like you get like a little too friendly, a little too curious, like asking like where the house is and everything else. And I'm not saying I was like low grade paranoia, but like I had my producer hat on. Yeah, <laughs> like I was still kind of in that mode. And I was kind of like, you know, to lack of a better expression, I was like, Richard, shut the fuck up. You know, like, you know, like you don't need to <laughs> you're like, you don't really don't need to be inviting like the townies over to like, hey, you know, Here's a bunch of kids from L.A. that just rented this random house out in the desert. Like, you know, stop, dude. And I was kind of unkind. Like, I didn't remember that so much. And for some reason, like, I'd followed it away. And then I was writing, when I was writing Orchard Girls, like, to get the ghouls to the house. And we talked about when they kind of, go, you know, go visit everybody. I kind of went back to that scenario. And it was like, well, what happened if, like, I wasn't there? And you had the PA who was just, like, being really nice to somebody. And he wanted to Come help over. out a couple <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, come over. And, and it came from such like a, you know, honest, joyful, like inclusive, you know, I mean, it is. I mean, it's like, yeah, just come over and hang out with us. It's like, yeah, it's a little unintended consequences. So like I said, I mean, it was that initial kind of couple calls with James to kind of set that aesthetic. And then just kind of remembering the last time we had done this, uh, a shoot together. And then remembering that kind of anecdote. And I think it's like once you kind of link those two things, you basically you have your plot, you know, and then you kind of have, you know, a little bit of, you know, like I said, the aesthetic with it. And then it just becomes the idea of, you know, mining the rest of the characters and actually just kind of, you know, building the gap between those two kind of, you know, major things. And that's what you, you know, hopefully we successfully did, you know, in the final product. But I mean, that's how it started more or less, you know. That's all very, very, it's fascinating how, you know, these these random incidents in life can emerge into this particular chemistry. 
And then let's talk about Polanski yeah. a little bit. I mean, yeah. here there's an, both an atmospheric and visual homage as well as even a circumstantial homage a little yeah. bit to Polanski and his real life. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I and and honestly, like I appreciate that, like people still pick up on it. I mean, I always joke and say that, like maybe it was like less, it it turned out less, you know, Polanski esque than we probably initially wanted it to be. I mean, I joke that there's a pretty like square shots in the movies that are more Kubrick than they are, you know. And then it's Aaron, you know, and I and it's my you know cinematographer Matt knew about it. But I think for me, it was always just. Yeah, the Polanski thing was always, you know, it's a hot button issue. It's always going to be something, you know, interesting about it. It's one of those kind of like, I mean, I don't want to get into some big thing, but it's like, you know, if you think of, you know, it's like Michael Jackson, if you think of Woody Allen, if you think of Polanski, like you can go through the list of like the artists. And like, for me, I always would try to separate art from personal. Like I always would try to do that, but I understand like the bleeding of the areas about it. But then again, I also kind of came. It's a tricky one, especially in this cultural climate. It's it's a very tricky one. But then again, I always came from a certain background where, you know, like I said, I grew up as a big, you know, photography nerd and the contemporary art fan, you know, and there was always a part of me that, I never kind of wanted to meet the people who painted the pictures. You know what I mean? Like there was a part of me was this like, you know, I mean, the historical, it's just like, yeah, I mean, if you think of like Dolly or Picasso and you think, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't care. I, I don't care. Once you find out, how the, find out how the sausages are made, you know, it's, yeah, it's exactly. a He's like the sausage making process. It's like, I know he's like, he's a real misogynist motherfucker and I hate him for it. But it's just like, I just care about the art. <laughs> you know, like I care about like what the painting looks like with it. And it's like, but you know, in kind of going back in that in the Plansky had kind of come come back up. I think that even just touching on it is just like a certain level of creepiness, you know, because like, you know, and if you, I mean, I unfortunately at some point had like read like the court documents that were done in like 1970 or the actual like transcripts. I mean, they were part of public record. I remember reading this like years ago. I mean, I didn't go back and research them in, in recent history, but I remember what it was. You know, they were at Robert Towns' house and she fed them like wow. the constituents. And it's like, you know, you kind of, I re, you know, and I was just like, it's just creepy regardless of like what your stance is about it. So like for me and like wanting to build, you know, a creepy thriller, it became the idea is like, yeah, you start with like some subject matter that's already kind of be like, you know, off-putting. Like if people like immediately be like, I'm going to make something about the occult, you know, or it's like, you know, I'm going to make something about like a creepy filmmaker. It's like, you know, or you just go with, you know, kind of with that aesthetic. But then, like I said, I mean, for the Plansky thing, it was like so much about repulsion, like very specifically. I mean, I love Chinatown to death, but there's no Chinatown references in any of those. But it's just like, you know, it was it was like a repulsion thing, like very specifically. Yes. And like I said, and repulsion is what all about incest. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it, there's a certain creep on creep kind of layer with that. But I think it was just that notion where it's like, if you think of the 1970s, think of a certain filmmaker and you think of a certain kind of aesthetic that actually doesn't need to be explained that much. You know, if you start to get into that, if you tell people, it's like, yeah, we're making a creepy, you know, we're making a Plansky 70s movie. Or it's like, oh, okay, that's creepy. That's going to have this. And I think it's just kind of our job for filmmakers on top of that, just to, you know, just to continue to layer it to make sure we hit those notes. But then at the same point with a genre piece, if you, t if you talk to Aaron, if you talk to myself, you know, we're not the biggest, you know, horror nerds in the entire world. I mean, it's like, yeah, well, of course, we talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
And I only thought of it afterwards because I guess like the switchblade knife is kind of a specific thing with the hitchhiker that they kind of pick up. I mean, it was right. something kind of like it was something something kind of like after the fact, but it was also like okay, that fits within the ethos of everything, you know. Like oh, you know, like if somebody picked that up, like we take that compliment or we take that note because it's like it fits in the ethos of making you know this type of movie. But like I said, what I always liked about Plansky movies you know, regardless was just, like I said, I mean, they're not gory, but they just sit with you and they're just, and they're very unsettled. They disturb you, know? you on a, on a yeah. level that's far more, you know, gets you more at the core of who you are than very your true. blood and gore, which you can easily laugh off in a way. It, it does. And, 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 and I think that's what it gets like to, to me. I mean, there's also like what, there's a moment in the apartment when he dresses up as like the, the woman who died in the apartment before him too and stuff. You know I mean? It's like, you know, and as we kind of like started to pick through that, because like I said, it started with RuPaul, it started with him. But then if you really kind of start to pick through the overture, like, yeah, this kind of makes sense. You know, and this kind of like, you know, fits, you know, fits through everything. And it was just one of those things too, where it's like, you know, for me as a filmmaker, you know, to be able to talk to department heads, to be able to talk to your actors to kind of go through that, like, you know, something so specific to that is always a really good, like, you know, I always talk about, like, building the parameters of the sandbox, but not telling you how to actually play mm. in the sandbox. So I think that once you, you know, once you're, you know, talking to, you, like I said, your creators and you're talking to your actors, if you have, like, the outer fence of, like, yeah, this is, this is Blansky, this is the 70s, like, you know, and then we can kind of figure out, you know, everything else kind of in it. So, yeah, it was this initial thing that kind of just, you know, kind of just carried through and just kind of stayed with it, yeah. Well, let's talk about the collision of fashion and horror. How did that particular blend come about? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I've always been, you know, I've always been a big visual aestheticist, you know. So, I mean, like, you know, for me, it becomes about the storytelling needs to be as strong as kind of like the visual design of the type of thing, too. You know, it kind of has to go hand in hand. And I don't think that, you know, one should out outshine the other one, but it should have like a very specific look. And, you know, for me, like I said, you know, an art photography background, I kind of always with that. And I remember, you know, I built a color palette for this, like very specifically, like I remember like I you know, remember sitting down with like a box of crayons and I only did this as a, with, with a box of crayons because I like to look at the entire kind of like row of everything. I was like, well, basically we took out, I think what we didn't have, we didn't have any red, we didn't have any yellow. You know what I mean? Like you took, yeah, you take out certain primary colors and you really kind of layered on this like eternal autumn of like brown and blues and purples and everything else that we kind of like, you know, that we kind of built into this. And like I said, the initial fashion thing was, like I said, it just became an excuse where it's like, how do I get away? You know, it's like, yeah, Plansky had an hour and a half to get to the point where he dressed up as the woman in the apartment, you know, or like to, you know, to try to explain to how he emotionally got there or was terrified by the people who had lived in that place before him. Right. And you've got, you've, you're facing the, the eternal dilemma of the short. It's like, how are you, how are you achieving a, a satisfying beginning, middle, and end in a short parameter. Exactly. It's, exactly. Not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think that, I don't want to say like use as an excuse, but like I said, yeah, to be able to, you know, use as, as a fashion photography crew to be able to, you know, to, you know, to do that. It was like, yeah, I mean, how will we put James in a wig? It's like, yeah, it would have to be a fashion shoot. But also with that too, is it enables you to then start the conversation, as you said, about, you know, being able to kind of blur you know, gender lines and kind of get into certain topics about that and kind of like layer that, you know, layer that in, you know, the, 
what was this kind of interesting, it's kind of like a little bit of an anecdote, was the idea that, you know, Sarah England, who we cast as the model in the actual thing, like, yeah, she is an actual model. Like, she worked, she was exclusive to St. Laurent for most of, like, the Eddie Salmon mm. years that he designed there. So, like, circa 12 to 16. Like, she was Eddie's muse for his, like, first show that he did at St. Laurent. So, it was, like, one of those wow. interesting things, too, where it's like, yeah, like, I had an excuse to cast that way. We had talked to a lot of other people you know, in and out of New York. And it was just that funny thing too, where it's just like, yeah, I think most of the people that I had spoke to were kind of from those, those St. Laurent years in like 16 to 19, you know, I mean, not, I mean, they weren't like the super heroine chic that Calvin Klein kind of got shit for, you know, kind of back in the nineties and early two thousands, but there was a certain like, you know, club excess type of, you know, silhouette, you know, that right. kind of went with everything, you know, and, and, but also Eddie as a designer too, is obsessed with musicians and obsessed with the 1970s anyway, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, that was like a little interesting layer where it's like, yeah, once we do this, it's like, yeah, let's go pick somebody who worked for like, who walked for St. Laurent to kind of like fit that, you know, world too, you know, type of thing. And that's what I mean though. It's just like, I, I think the strength in this or the reason why you start to pick up a little bit of that is like, yeah, it's not just we just hit a note. It's just the idea that you really start to layer within it. You know, it's like, yeah, if you're going to do fashion, well, pick the fashion center. But then at the same point, you know, find the people who were part of that and everything else, too. And like even Kim, who plays the makeup artist. Like, she's a musician. Brad, the PA, is a musician. But it's like, yeah, Kim was in, like, the print photography, I mean, like, the print campaign for uh, for St. Laurent for, like, the Palladium show back in, like, the 16. You know, and it was like she used to jump around these, like, leather cat suits that Eddie was, like, obsessed with. <laughs> and even, like, and even the leather jacket that she wears, like, the studded leather jacket, like, that's a that's a custom Eddie piece. It's probably at least worth like 10 grand if she ever wanted to sell it, you know? So it's just like just putting in like little Easter eggs and just like nailing each, like I said, just mean nailing that note of, you know, kind of everything else with it. But like I said, it just started from that notion of like, yeah, how do we get away with, you know, putting James, you know, kind of with this. And, and speaking of gender and such, yeah. your women were very interesting. They really kind of defy expectations of what you would, what you, what you ordinarily going to see in, in a, in a quote unquote horror situation. Can you expand a bit about that? It's interesting you say, yeah. I mean, for me, and even if, if you look at some of my, I mean, even if you look at writing, if you look, ever look at kind of like side projects and everything else too with it, I mean, I always, I feel like I always tend to want to write female characters more so than actually male characters. And I think that either that comes from a place of just like a sense and discovery of like writing about something that you don't know you know, so specifically yourself, but you also, I mean, I write kind of unisex where I think you could swap out certain things and kind of, you know, do everything else with it too. But, you know, for the idea to have somebody as good as Madeline, you know, kind of step in and play like, you know, the Abigail role and to do everything else with that. And also, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much most of the fashion industry is, you know, I mean, yeah, there are male photographers, but like most of it, you know, still is, you know, female kind of, you know, driven. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's, in the fashion world, it's, you know, women are going to set the trends. And they're going to, you know, kind of go with it. So, I mean, it's like I just kind of felt it, you know, that way. But I also, yeah, I mean, like in building the ensemble, you know, I think it was very important. You know, I don't think we, you know, it was like it was very important just to kind of have, you know, like really good, like Madeline and Kate and Sarah, like all the, you know, like I said, all these like really interesting characters kind of onto themselves. And also like having Madeline, you know, having Yvonne who's Madeline's sister, be able to play like the, you know, the orchard girl role and to kind of have that dynamic too, 
you know, was a really kind of, you know, interesting. Play. Very disturbing and very effective. <laughs> I mean, so effective. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, initial casting, they had different people and, you know, kind of going through the process as it usually does. But it's like, yeah, once Yvonne kind of stepped into that, I mean, it was just that, yeah, she fit like, you know, that dress and kind of like, you know, the dirty feet and the kind of the off blonde hair and just how she looked a little slightly different from everybody else. And then it, it, she's just, the best like her and mc once they show up the ghouls you know once they show up is just like they're just pitch perfect and i just love that and they were so great and it's great and 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 they were just perfect and it always goes back to a thing of mine too and maybe this is a thing that i always kind of gauge from like paul thomas anderson or tarantino but it was just like just pay attention to your second and third castings you know i mean like everybody pays attention to level one but like two and three are just as important if not more you know what I mean? Like, if you just had... Well, they call them support cast for a reason. Everything does rest on their abilities. It does, because, I mean, there's one thing if you have, like, James and Madeline. Like, like you know, you get that, you know, it's like you get James because, you know, obviously the prowess of his late father and Madeline's has been in everything forever and she's always been consistently amazing. But it's like, yeah, if you didn't have, you know, Madeline or if you didn't have Sarah or anybody, I mean, it's like you didn't have any of the other people who didn't fit those roles and kind of go into it. I think it's great. And I think that also what I thought was funny, too, about mentioning Kim you know, or mentioning Brad or also Sarah too. It's like none of them had acting experience. I mean, it's like, I didn't mean to Mm. go into this as some kind of like, you know, neo, you know, Italian filmmaker thing, but it's like, yeah, they were musicians or they were models. But my thing was that there are people who are comfortable with a camera two inches away from their face or like a camera 50 miles. They're comfortable with camera, they're comfortable with stage, they're comfortable with attention. That's the biggest, yeah. The attention and the camera thing is always going to be the biggest. I remember Aaron, like, and I mean, like, Aaron's like, we're hiring so many non-actors. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. (laughs) Like I said, as you said, they're used to being on stage or they're used to having the platform. They're kind of, you know, kind of going through with it though. And then, like I said, yeah, it just ended up being another reference that we never really did because it was just like, you know, we want, you know, 70s Altman ensemble. You know, I mean, it's like we wanted to have, you know, you have your framing of six people in the frame and like everybody's kind of like sitting around and everything, too. And it was just happened that, yeah, the, you know, the majority of the cast ended up being, you know, female and like the two kind of male leads, you know, with James and also with Brad kind of become a little bit of cuckolds or they just become, you know, I mean, but that's also me, too, as a writer. Like I always feel like I always write men as like, yeah, as more of the fatales and I do the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> so question, how, how did you and Aaron connect and how does that partnership or that collaboration work? So Aaron and I connected through a cinematographer friend. And it's interesting too. So I had spent, so it goes back to when we kind of did Penny Sucker. And it was a thing where, you know, I just done a TV show. I was, I was, I was producing, I was a production managing line producing a TV show. We're doing like war reenactments for like the History Channel. And we were out in Palmdale, it was like 120 degrees, and we had like Humvees and like 100 guys and like, you know, shooting full rounds. And I mean, it was just, it was insane. And I remember, I think we were, me and his, his name was Jeff. I remember Jeff and I getting drinks or dinner afterwards. And he's like, you know, I want to introduce you to Aaron. And, you know, so we introduced. And, but it, when Jeff and I were having a conversation after finishing like the big thing, it was just like, would you like to go to like the desert and go shoot a short, you know, and just have it be about like two people in a room. And it was just like, you know, after getting off on, you know, after getting done with like war reenactments and everything else, like it just sounded like the nicest, brightest 
breath of fresh air that you could ever ask for. The you perfect know, so juxtaposition it, to all of that. The perfect juxtaposition to that. So then it became like, yeah, so Jeff introduced me to Aaron and then we did all kind of did Penny Sucker together. And, you know, like I said, and I wasn't in uh, much of a creative, you know, role in Penny Sucker. I was, you know, made sure we kind of put this together. But then, you know, James and I, you know, struck up a relationship kind of like separately. And I was helping Aaron develop what ended up becoming his kind of first feature you know, afterwards. But yeah, with this, it became, yeah, it was good. I mean, I'm usually really like, not so hot about like the co-directing teams and things that kind of worked out. But it was interesting kind of just in this part where it was great. And then once we're kind of in post-production, Aaron kind of like focused more on his feature that I kind of helped him with. And then he kind of just left me to finish this. You know, so it's just like, you know, we had a good couple, you know, years together and like a good kind of run with it. But then it was kind of like, yeah, there are like separate kind of like facets, you know, to, you know, to kind of do what everything else was. And it's like, yeah, for me, you know, fit, you know, doing this. And then I went off to go produce another movie called International Falls in like northern Minnesota. And then even right now, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working in the fashion industry right now. You know, kind of like, you know, COVID had, you know, put so much pause on everything else, you know, in film production that I'm happy for the last year and a half that I've been like doing work at like Burberry and, and Celine, you know, to kind of, you know, keep me happy. But it also, you know, keeps me within, you know, kind of like, you know, the filmmaker. I mean, it still keeps me, you know, active and, you know, kind of going busy with it. But yeah, I mean, being able to sit and kind of revisit you with this, is, 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 it, is it is a lot of fun, you know, to kind of like, you know, kind of go back through it and mention everything too. Because yeah, I mean, I haven't, yeah, because Aaron's movie ended up something called, he ended up using most, yeah, he didn't use, I, I don't think he used most of the cast from Orchard Girl, but he kind of went back and used a lot of people from Penny Sucker. I think it was ended up calling Heirlooms, I think is what it ended up, it's a short, that, that the feature that he ended up doing too. So it's just like, yeah. But it's good. So it's, it's, but it's created a larger co- cultural and creative community. It sounds like it did because because you know it was one of the things since too it's like you know i mean i joke and say that you know yeah because it was like it all kind of started with you know it all started with kind of like us and james and everything else too but it also kind of expanded out too where it's like you know hopper pen sean's son i think he had a part in because it was just funny like we had like you know james being the son of you know hollywood royalty and hopper was you know obviously another son that you know he was in this other but yeah it just kind of like ah yes of course yeah it just but you're right it kind of just got like kind of extrapolated it out from there and then we were able to kind of like you know aaron was able to do his thing separately i was able to do my kind of my thing separately but yeah it's like we were able to like move production designers or move kind of things so yeah i mean it, it, it kind of did kind of open up into like a bigger you know a bigger kind of creative like community you know thing which is which is good i'm always curious to know i mean Films have their way of commenting on times and culture. I mean, what do you think your film is saying about the moment we're living in? I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, that's a good question because, you know, I didn't realize how much of a kind of a relief that I felt kind of after, you know, after the election, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks. I think that, you know, that goes for a lot of people kind of on the progressive left. But I mean, when we were, it's interesting too, is like, you know, when we were making this, I touched upon things that I cared about. You know, like I said, I mean, when you talk about it, I, said, I mean, I cared about like, yeah, I cared about, you know, champion, you know, female filmmakers or being more inclusive and, you know, and, and all those, you know, those type of things that kind of like go on with all of it. But, you know, beyond that, I think that it is super modern. I think that was what the thing that we wanted to do was even though we had a very specific 70s aesthetic to it, we wanted to make sure that it didn't feel vintage. It didn't feel hokey. 
you know, I mean, nothing, I mean, nothing against like something like the love witch or some other movies, but it's like, you know, I mean, they're not, it's, it, this wasn't intentionally meant to feel. I do love the love witch, by the way. <laughs> I did. No, no, I do too. But it's like that movie. I mean, I think we were trying to avoid like, no, but it's just, it's a, it's an homage to a period in a set piece. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and in a brilliant way that one was, and it's like, yeah, we were trying to be like, yeah, if we were unintentionally funny, good. You know, but if we but we try to take out camp, we try to take out a couple other things and projects like that hit perfectly. And that's what you love them for. But I think it was just the idea, too, that it's like, yeah, we didn't shoot on film. We still wanted to stay digital. I'm not like going to be like we needed we needed to shoot this on 16 or anything different. But it's just like I think it was just the idea that that balance with it. And I think that so much of that balance comes to just like what the fashion industry is now or what the fashion industry always is. I mean, it's like upcycling and recycling you know vintage clothing and you know selling everything it's like you know but it's still modern people still put it on instagram you know but it's like it's still like kind of like that aesthetic but it's like the idea yeah the gender thing is really interesting because like i said i mean madeline says that great line that you know in 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 the you know in the course of fear and the haze of fear that there is no gender it's this animal kind of instinct type of thing in order that kills kind of that primordial thing and i think that speaks more to like a survival instinct you know that's specific you know to the that's it speaks for survival i think that's specifically short but it also kind of speaks to the bigger thing as it's like if you want to self-identify however you want to like just do it dude like you know we shouldn't be putting you know so many labels and parameters on everything too so i mean i think it you know it goes back you know kind of beyond that you know i mean james you know if he wants to look like Catherine Deneuve, and he should look like Catherine Deneuve if, if, if you if do you it. Like, exactly <laughs> yeah, just, just, just do it yeah <laughs> so we're almost out of time my, yeah. my my final question for you is what's next after this, what is coming? That's a good. That's a good question. I mean, like I said, I mean, I've kind of taken a mini kind of you know creative hiatus. So for the most part, I am looking forward to when COVID's over with. You know, the easiest answer is that yeah, there's a feature length version of this written. You know, it's something that I had written kind of early on. I put it aside. Basically, the short is the second act of the feature. Basically, for the most part. And like the longer version would start with seeing James and Abigail's life in the kind of in LA. It kind of goes a little bit more through the sausage making process of castings and kind of putting the entire shoot together. The second act is basically the short, like it's separated out and kind of extrapolated out. Same thing, but there's also a little bit more of an expansion of exactly where the two ghouls come from, you know, and kind of a little bit more in that background of, you know, of their kind of community and everything else too. And then like the third act is kind of like the, you know, the wrap up of all of it. And, and that's such an interesting thing to explore because America is so good at creating monsters and pretending like that they're not here. <laughs> that is very true. That, you know, that is very true. And I think that also, you know, I think that what I liked about this too, and I think what I like about the, you know, there's a certain steely intellectualism to the, to the bigger script that I have that sometimes I think is off-putting, but sometimes I think is also good. But I also just like the idea that it isn't like so much, I mean, I, I've had notes where people's like, oh, make it more obvious, make it more red state, more versus blue state, where if you have like, you know, the, you know, all the, you know, liberals from New York who are going to Texas to go shoot a movie and everything. I was like, no, I think there's an inherent, like, we know what that is inherently. You know, and I think that, you know, there, and that's why I love about kind of like the subtlety, you know, of doing things like that. But it's also like, yeah, I think the fashion industry is easy to make fun of. But I think it's also when you're just able to show it and represent it is for what it is, you know, without doing it overtly, you know, heavy handed one way or another. I think it's kind of a parody anyway. Yeah. Just like, yeah, if you, if you peel back the onion layer on any pipe of the creative process, it's kind of ridiculous. 
you know, to people who just don't have any sense of all of it, you know. So I think that we're, you know, we're we're all guilty of being self-absorbed in the world of film and television. Of course, God knows. Yeah, God knows. So yeah. we, who are we to make fun of anybody else? Well, I mean, I mean, it is, but yet we do. But it's still like speaking for myself. Okay, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we ended up doing so. Like I said, I mean, there's always going to be intentional kind of humor in that like there's always like that intentional like in the log in the larger script it's like you know model castings where it's like you just stand up it's like where are you from what's your age have you ever been somewhere and that's it and you walk out the room it's like the most humiliating demoralizing thing in the entire world like you don't need to make fun of that (laughs) you just need to present it yeah or it's like even for like you know the backstory of like james as an actor being in la before he got cast and do this project it's like yeah he goes on an audition for like a children's chewable vitamin ad you know, I mean, like, you don't need to make fun of that. You know, it's like, this is the no. world that, you know, you, you know, inherit from nine to five or asking if they, you know, pay for your parking when you go to an audition. It's just, it's just, it's, it's inherently ridiculous. So you just hold a mirror up to it and let everybody have fun with it. It's crazy. So Nicholas, I am excited to see the full length version of this film, but thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate the conversation. We can always go on, but we have our, we have our limits and uh, we reached ours here, but this has been great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It was great to meet you. And it was really good to kind of revisit this. Appreciate all your insights into the film. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to the full length feature. Great. Thanks again. I appreciate it.